Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho, what is your palate favor? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. Right? <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm -hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hey, good evening and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, Dwayne England and Tommy O'Donlan. That's right. That's right, it is St. Patrick's Day. Yep. Wearing your best of green as you <laughs> are, Tommy O'Donlan. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. It's good to be back in the seat. It's been a couple weeks. Been a couple weeks. Uh, yep. You were off kind of doing your thing. So yep, had a nice family vacation down in Hawaii. Fantastic. Got Junior on his first fish. You got a little tan going on. Yeah, I yeah. It's, it's hard to tell with this underneath this green shirt, but it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that tan underneath that green shirt. <laughs> so for tonight's we'll save show. that for later. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, hey, I want to welcome everybody into the studio tonight. We are live from the studios here at Fish Show Northwest on the shores of. Summit Lake, located in Olympia, Washington. Tommy and I are bringing you the uh, latest and everything going on and relevant in all that is fishing and hunting. So if you are new to the show tonight, appreciate you uh, logging in and uh, you know sit back and enjoy. We got a lot of content to cover, Tommy. Um, as you had mentioned, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been in here. Yes, indeed. We've got so, plenty of opportunity, too. Oh, man. So lots going on. We'll be getting into that here shortly. I want to remind everybody, go and jump on over to our uh, webpage, if you would, www.fishhuntnw.com. And check out uh, a lot of the things we have going there. We've got some blogs happening. You can get to all our video. And really, actually, you can uh, uh, access all of our social media from our webpage. So that's pretty convenient. Sign on. Be a subscriber. Get emails and updates from us uh, when uh, relevant. Also, check out the online store. Shing does a great job with a lot of the swag and the merchandise that we sell there online, shipped directly to you. Uh, speaking of which, tonight's a special event, Tommy. we got uh, St. Patrick's Day. Giving away the green, mm -hmm. as we put yes, it, right? Yes, we are. Everything sitting yes, next to you are. in the seat is all green swag and merchandise. Going to be giving away merchandise every each and every commercial break. So when we get out of here for a break, going to throw up a little contest opportunity for people tuning in. You're going to want to stay tuned throughout the entire show because the swag is good all the way through the end. Every commercial break, giving away hoodies, sweatshirts, or I guess that's the same thing. Hoodies, sweatshirts. T-shirts, long sleeve tees, hats, beanies, what have you. Giving stuff away every break, so stick around for that, and we'll get you uh, we'll get you some items coming your way for absolutely free, doing nothing more than sitting here and watching us and uh, inviting your friends. Let's blow this up tonight. Invite your friends to come join us here in studio for the great content and the giveaways. Andrew's a little disappointed you're not giving away a vest. Is there a, I don't think there's a vest over here. Uh, no, because those are all spoken for. Um, it's a high-dollar mm. item, and only people who can afford them have them. So, ah, that's why I don't have one. Pack San Andy, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> uh, anyway, he loves the vest. I wear it every week just to spite him. That's how this works. Um, all right. Hey, Tommy, did you hear the latest uh, Marine Area 10? What a little uh, golden ticket that is. I know. Phenomenal, huh? Uh, I thought that thing would, you know, we, we were wondering, like, is it going to reopen? Is it going to peter yeah. out? Or are we yep. done? Did we hit the quota? Did we get, you know, that sub-legal encounter? Did it, you know, push one of the bean counters yep. over the rail? So, right. Right. Uh, but that is not the case. We actually get it uh, all the way through 
March 31st, which was the target date to begin with, but the uh, the biggest biggest change in that is open seven days a week versus yeah. three, and a two-fish limit. How about that? The only thing I did not throw in there that would equal it to Area 13 is a two-rod endorsement. That's right. That's right. I'll, t- I'll <laughs> come, take this, though. Come on, this. WDAW. Let's get it. All yeah. day. Yeah. No, uh, that's fantastic. There's still some decent fishing to be had. I think one of the things we're looking at is uh, the pressure's been substantially less since CQ has been fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pretty hot, off it's and been phenomenal. on, but it's, it's been it's, good it's, overall. I mean, it's been phenomenal. Yeah, 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 no doubt about it. And we're gonna get into that here in a little bit. But um, yeah, Area 10, open seven days a week, two fish limit, hatchery mark select, mm-hmm. go get your fish. You got to the end of March. Yeah. That's that's uh, pretty pretty fantastic. Our buddy Matt Messing is booking trips, obviously, and for good reason, mm-hmm. and he'll get you on the fish. If anybody's going to do he was out there fishing for a couple days when he had no electronics. Yeah. He, he had a little issue there on his, his power supply. Uh, his yeah. power supply. Yep. And so uh, got that resolved. He's back up and running, but he was getting fish, just going fishing by Braille. Doing blind. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's fishing awesome. by Braille. Bounce bottom and come up a couple cranks. You know, and, and we, we are going to talk CQ tonight. We but, are. Um, we got a hot report that came in right before mm-hmm. the show started. Sam Rutledge, mm-hmm. he wants everybody to know that it's on fire. He limited out today. Just <laughs> did, phenomenal. Did, did he want everybody to know that? He did. He did. Or was did. it Chad? Yeah, it was Chad. Was it Chad? Yeah. Okay, anyway. Sam CQ's was actually asking that we uh, we give a report that oh, it's really it's kind contrary of contrary to the... Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I screwed that up. I would like to go on record. Up, the Sam. gentleman to my right is the one who uh, threw all that out there, Sam. I, so. I tried. Yeah. I tried. You my did fault. well. You did well. Okay. Uh, hey, speaking of salmon... And uh, salmon by the numbers, Tommy. We have uh, we have some opportunities coming up here. Obviously, they've started the North of Falcon process, and uh, in doing so, they kind of lay all the cards out on the table, right? Yeah. And they yeah. start they start kind of forming these opportunities or these these fisheries and these opportunities based on numbers. Mm-hmm. All comes down to numbers, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So yep, here you does. go. Yep. The uh, the one a lot of people anticipate is the for the three options. We always get three options for mm-hmm. the ocean fisheries. Our four ocean areas. We get three options, and we collectively need to like put it out there. Say, yeah, we want this option because this bodes well for everybody. And then they weigh in, and ultimately they decide. Typically, they put option one on the table. It it tends to seem to always go towards option one more times than not. Yeah. It seems to. You know, well, I'm just I'm just glad that I mean these options are um, these are a hell of a lot nicer than we get on a uh, you know that we've gotten in past years. Oh, yeah. A lot of years, I don't like any of the options, right? Yeah. But um, you know, as we dive into these options, I mean, option one and two are phenomenal. And so here's option one. Yeah. Option mm-hmm. one, um, thirty-two thousand five hundred schnook, mm-hmm. one hundred and seventy-six thousand four hundred mark coho. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what they would allow us to fish on. Yeah. And check this out. So this is for. Uh, marine areas one through four, right? Yep. The whole kit and caboodle. Yep. Um, you can have schnook uh, and, and hatchery coho, hatchery only, and it would start June eighteenth. So it's bringing back that you know that early fishery that we used to get, and reenacting that, and it would go all the way until September thirtieth. And check this out mm. for all four of those marine areas. Seven days a week. Seven days a week, all the way through. Uh, you know, dates as far as the length of season, dates we haven't seen in quite some time. Right. Um, the other, the other uh, interesting thing here that we have that really supports the opportunity to not get shut down early mm-hmm. would be this abundance of coho that's coming because you and I have talked about it in the past and season after season, here we are. We got a pretty decent Chinook opportunity. We never meet the quota we never get there we get shut down early because the impacts on the coho with low coho numbers right that's right you know and then and then you know westport is always plagued by this conflict between you know the charter boat association Mm -hmm. and you know the sport fishermen with quote-unquote kicker boats right Yeah, yeah and it's always like oh we can't have we can't have a seven day a week season because all oh, we catch the quota and be over right mm-hmm. and it never happens yep but we have the numbers now that absolutely support a seven day a week season in westport we've been talking about the ocean conditions for the better part of a year going into this and six months ago we were mentioning ocean conditions it's been on the minds of many and those that start forecasting and and doing the the pre-surveys and you know little propellers spinning on the head and put all the numbers together mm-hmm. The cold water upwelling and the abundance of food source out in the ocean, the forage fish, everything's back to a normal playing field. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it later in the season as it tends to possibly keep the tuna off a little further off the coast. But 
Uh, for salmon conditions <clears throat> and this return we're seeing here, <clears throat> this is one that folks need to take advantage of. And I'm excited about the fact that I really, I really hope this uh, materializes. I hope we can get through mm -hmm. that full Chinook, Chinook quota without getting shut down early because of the impacts on coho. Right. This I, I hope exciting. so too. And but you know, but on the other hand, there is a lot of coho to be caught too. So. I mean, it's looking pretty healthy from my angle. The other thing that I would say, you know, you mentioned co uh, ocean conditions. Uh -huh. um, and they are all looking phenomenal, mm -hmm. um, like they were last year. You know, the interesting thing is, when you go back and you look at, you know, when did we have those banner tuna years? Like mm -hmm. those years where, um, you know, you would go out and you would average like well above 25 tuna per trip, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of that 2007 to 2012 time frame. I mean, and it was even really good after, you know, from sure. 2012 to, I don't know, 2016. And then it kind of went on a roller coaster ride for tuna. But if you look at those years, 27, 2007 to 2012, mm -hmm. um, the ocean conditions are very similar to what we're seeing now. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, you know, healthy number of copepods in the water, yeah. right? Um, you know, good plankton count, um, really nice, cool waters, both on the surface and at depth. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, not only do we have a banner salmon season lined up um, and upcoming, but I'm really thinking that the conditions are right for tuna. Yeah. The thing that we need to see, though, is we need to see that population of anchovies mm -hmm. kick back off off the coast, which we didn't see last year. That was a struggle, not just for the nutrient source in the ocean that we need right for mm -hmm. those fish but also as far as recreational anglers being shut, shut down yep. for the opportunity to get live bait to go fishing yep it was dead yep. dead bait fish unless you were a charter right and we, we certainly don't want to see that again yep right? we, do we do not want to see that again so you know the only confliction the only thing that kind of arose here the last couple of days is we have we have different representative represented groups mm -hmm. within our recreational and commercial industries of fishing in the Pacific Northwest. And at times these groups, you know, they eat each other. And it's like, we're all trying to work towards achieving goals of salmon recovery and opportunity. And we want as much opportunity on the water as we can, mm -hmm. which is secondary to, I mean, we get that as long as we have ample returns. And this, yep. this salmon forecast is one of those seasons where we should see pretty good opportunity. But mm -hmm. we're, we're running into an issue here that buoy tent fishery is becoming so popular. And, and mm -hmm. just when you think there can't possibly any more boats fit into buoy tent, they stuff a few more in and mm -hmm. more people are coming and more guides are running charter business out of there. A lot yeah. of them are going to Oregon to get their charter license because they're well, handy. They have it. to go to Oregon because it's unregulated. Thank you. Yes. Right. And so you're getting folks from other states. Montana, Idaho, California. California, Northern California, yep. Idaho. So... Which, you know, hey, it's a, it's a wide open fishery and, and, the, and these guys and gals have a right to try and earn their living and with the tight windows of opportunity and fisheries that we have in some regards, they're just trying to make sure they travel and go to where the fish are for the window of opportunity. I get that, mm -hmm. right? Because that is their line of work. A lot of them have been doing it for years and they're trying to do that. But now we have this infighting between different organizations that are looking at this ocean forecast and this option one, option two, option three that's on the table. They're going timeout. Mm -hmm. That's real great, but we want to take a percentage of these fish from the ocean opportunity and move them in river. Right. We're feeling like you don't need 32,500 Chinook, and I don't know what the number is, but let's say they go, we're thinking you need more like 25,000. Right. 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 That's your ocean quota under option one because mm -hmm. we want 10,000 of those fish to be, uh, to be available for when they get to that lower Columbia River. Right. So we can have a, a wide open fishery. Uh, mm -hmm. maybe we get out of Mark select opportunity. Maybe we get more than 20 days. Mm -hmm. There's this whole, uh, balancing act and, and, you know, trading going on. I'm going, well, if you felt like the, <clears throat> the amount of fish taken by a number, because let's face it, the guide influx to buoy 10 is unreal. It's just gone tenfold. Yeah. A lot of these guys and gals, they're, again, they're earning their living and it's, you know, it's feast or famine. And mm -hmm. this portion of the year, mm -hmm. August is absolute feast. Mm -hmm. So if they have the ability and the willingness to run two trips a day, they're they, going to do it. They're going to yeah. do it. Right. Because if you have opportunity to make money, you're going to make money and you're going to take people out, mm -hmm. expose them to the, to the fishery, get them their fish. And uh, that's just kind of the way it works. They're running a business. I get it. So that's their side of it. Um, it has had a huge impact on the Thule's getting taken. Mm -hmm. uh, it's no longer uh, catch a fish, oh, it's a Thule, throw it back, we can get you an upriver bright. It's, no. <laughs> there's not a lot of high grading no. going on. Yeah. We're taking them, we're whacking them. Bill, 
uh, Monroe Jr., who has been an advocate for this as far as, you know, be a little more selective. Let's right. get deeper into the season. Uh, we're going to have our good buddy Bill on next week when we start talking about Springers, but just uh, is one who has been an advocate for the Thule fishery and, mm-hmm. and trying to do the right thing. He's voiced his opinion to many guides down there, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I give him credit for that. But so what, what, what's happening? Well, they want to see this shift because they want to have a bigger number in river. Uh, those that those that focus on that ocean opportunity, they're not having it. Right. Okay. Well, and it's really to accommodate this this excessive number of guides. Again, it's only from the Oregon side. This is not possible True. on the Washington side. The Washington side is capped. Correct. Okay. No more guides. And and so it's really um, you know a problem that's originating from mm-hmm. Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I look at it the same as any other opportunity. You can't just say. It's a free for all, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. not. It's not an unlimited. If I want to go be a salmon charter out of Westport, yep, or Nia Bay or wherever on the saltwater, it doesn't really matter. If I'm fishing for a salmonoid, or say, or, you know, the other role is even if I'm not fishing salmon, say I'm fishing tuna, I still have to have a six pole license, right? Yeah. Okay, well, you know what I have to pay in order to run that operation on the saltwater? Mm. It's forty grand. It's fifty grand. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's not a free for all. If I want to go out there and I want to charter on the saltwater. I got to buy somebody else out or I got to lease their permit mm-hmm. so that I can go run a charter business. Yeah. That's not the case in the Columbia River, especially on the Oregon side. No. So I don't know where this is going to go. I mean, part of me also in phone conversation with a couple of folks today, I go, well, this one, this is one that could possibly go back to PFMC. And they go, well, what, let, what's Canada's take on this whole thing? Why are we producing all these tulies? Because when they turn the corner mm-hmm. up there to Vancouver, it's a, it's a legitimate commercial whack and stack high-grade fish that they're pulling out of the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. So what is their percentage of take? If we need more fish down here around the corner, out in the ocean, and as they enter into the Columbia, because our mm-hmm. our impact on the fishery has more participants than either, we got two options, three options. You produce more fish. Right. You, you begin some limiting factors out of Oregon mm-hmm. to curtail some of this and make it a, make it a more uh, equitable share amongst ocean and river. Um, or... You meet with Canada and say, hey, we need a little bigger percentage of our fish back. Yeah. And I don't know where this is going to land, but again, it's just it just kind of bursted onto the scene here mm-hmm. last couple days. Uh, we were going to cover the ocean deal, and I'm kind of going, there's a little thing kind of over off to the side that some folks are paying attention to. Others are like, eh, it's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. We're going to be curious to see where this lands. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Uh, okay, before we get out of here, we're gonna we're gonna pop that uh, NOF uh, meeting schedule towards the end of the show, Tommy. Um, and saying that, so before we get out of here, we're gonna uh, run down the show. We got a heck of a show lined up here um, with some excellent conversations coming. Uh, Tom Burleygame is uh, back and willing to talk. We haven't had on the show I think since last year. Yeah, Tommy, I know. But XL Fishing Charter, CQ Blackmouth. And, of course, bottom fish, lingcod opportunity. How's it going? Uh, Tom's going to fill us in on, on really what's happening out there and why you should consider making the trip. Uh, then, first time to the show, uh, Thomas Morgan Stinson. He is actually the CFO, the Certified Financial Officer for WDF, WDFW. Why is it important to get him on? There's a number of things that pass through legislation this year that gives WDFW a healthy sum of money. What they're going to do with that money and how it benefits the recreational uh, community is extremely important. And one, we're going to have him break down. Don't go anywhere when we start talking with uh, Morgan. This is information you folks are definitely going to want to hear. Then we're going to jump to our video premiere of our Roosevelt triploid trip with buddy Troy Black. Matt Messing joined me over there, Tommy, because you were in the sunshine and we were in the 29 degrees catching triploids. So, yes, indeed. Uh, it was a fantastic trip. You guys will be impressed with the the quality of these fish and also Troy's method to go find success. All the details in the video later in the show. Then we'll be closing out the show with some additional uh, salmon numbers, but we're also going to jump to one of our little tutorials that we've been putting together. A little library of Ray Marine tutorials with none other than the the beefcake himself, Mike Serdic. Mr. Mike Serdic, who's yes. not, not, you know, he is on his own weight loss journey, and he is looking really good, too. He is. Yep. I was not aware. I say that in a non, you know, I say that in a respectful way. Okay. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. No other way to deliver it than yeah. the way you just delivered right yeah. now. So 
Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll close out the show with that great little uh, library of tutorials we are creating with Mike Serdic. If you're a Rain Marine owner, uh, there are plenty of little tidbits that you'll pick up on these these quick little four and five minute tutorials. If you are not a Rain Marine owner, uh, you will be after you watch these because the uh, the abilities of these electronics is second to none. All right, we are going to jump out for a quick break, and when we come back. We're going to have Tom Burleygame on the phone giving us all the details of what's going on out there at CQ, Blackmail Fishing, and more right here when we come back, Fish Hunt Northwest. Cutbacks in funding and fewer law enforcement resources are affecting our businesses and communities. If your business is feeling the effects, Phoenix Protective may be the solution you are looking for. They offer security solutions customized to meet your needs. From remote video monitoring in their 24-hour control center to a proactive, experienced security professional on site, Phoenix Protective has over 20 years experience in ensuring the safety of their customers. Team members are highly trained and proactive, giving them the ability to adjust to the changing needs of their customers. Customers choose to work with Phoenix Protective because they provide the next level in security support to industries such as schools, hospitals, transit, and utilities. For a security assessment to see how Phoenix Protective can help you and your business, visit their website at www.phoenixprotectivecore.com and select Contact. Hi, this is Joe and Megan from Archery World. Uh, we have four store locations. We are at the Lacey location right now. I uh, just want to highlight some of our camping gear. We have uh, Mystery Ranch packs. We also have trekking poles. We have crispy boots. We have six-hour optics. We carry Havilon knives. We carry Garmin products as well. So it's not just archery. We want to try to make this one-stop shopping for you guys. And so if you need it and you're, it puts you in the outdoors, we probably have it. So come down and see us. Hey, welcome back. Fish on Northwest, Dwayne England and Tommy O'Donnellan here on St. <laughs> Patrick's Night. Or you evening. know, O'Donnellan is Irish, right? You yeah, I know. You don't have to add the O I do add. I do add the O, though. It just <laughs> it sounds even more Irish. But uh, just for tonight, just okay, for tonight, okay. you're O'Donnellan. Yeah. Enough. Uh, this is uh, Over the Rail, presented by Defiance Marine. Check out everything they got going on out there at Defiance Marine. Our guest tonight... Tom Burlingame, uh, XL Fishing Charters out of CQ. Welcome to the show, Tom. It's been a year or so. How you been? Just fine. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So CQ has been kind of a hot topic lately. Uh, one thing I want to want to get to right away is, you know, there's a lot of different conversations happening just in regards to getting out there with the, the somewhat of a road closure and the detour. What can you tell folks? What can they expect if they're hauling their boat on out there as far as just getting to CQ to, to, to enjoy a day of fishing? Yeah, for, for those of that are familiar with uh, Clallam Bay and CQ, the, the slide, that the major slide that we had was was just on the east of uh, the Breakwater Restaurant. And so the, the main road 112 is closed. And uh, you'll have to take a, a short detour, I would say, to expect to add about 15 minutes okay. uh, to your trip. Uh, and, and, and that'll detour you right as you come into town, there's a little, uh, deli there, the Hesmart, and you're going to go up the hill towards the prison and down a logging road. It isn't a paved road. It's a dirt road. And, and, but they're doing a good job of maintaining it or as good as they can. And, uh, there is a, uh, a spot where there, there are flaggers. It's one way there. Mm-hmm. And if the flag, flaggers aren't there, it's a, there's a light that, it adds a little more time when the lights are on. When the flaggers are there, it's really efficient. But it's not a big deal. Uh, uh, it's easy to do. You just go slow, and and you'll get through it. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure nice. it's nothing compared to the road between CQ and Nia Bay. So, <laughs> so <laughs> even no, when it's no. paved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah. So that, that black mouth bite, you know, so CQ opened up uh, the, you know, the beginning of the month. And right out of the gate, it was like an unreal, phenomenal bite. Like you couldn't put a line in the water without getting bit. Mm-hmm. Um, how's it going now? Like what, as, it, as the season's progressed, what are you seeing and how are those fish acting? Well, the main thing right now is you're not seeing as many pictures on, on, on Facebook and stuff right now because there just isn't that many people fishing. Mm. Um, uh, there was a handful of boats out today. Now it was blowing east, and we've had a lot, a lot of easterlies uh, lately, and and 
that isn't the best for CQ. That's yeah. the worst wind you can have for CQ, that east wind. But, but, uh, and so the catching has slowed down a little bit, but, but there's still fish to be had. Uh, the guys that, are, you know, that have got it figured out, uh, are, are still, are still bringing in limits or near limits, uh, daily. Well, I definitely have uh, my go-tos for blackmouth. Tommy has an array of options that he favors. Uh, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, Tom, what is it? Bait, hardware? What's kind of your uh, go-to and maybe some colors, some patterns that, uh, you know, are proven warriors time and time again, hopefully get it done? Right. I'm, I'm a hardware guy, but I, I don't fish a lot of bait. But, but I will say that my friends that are fishing bait are doing fine. And, and, it, and it's the same old drill uh herring aid spoons greens purples uh, uh seem to be working really well um the one thing that i could tell somebody right now that is going to help them right now is to fish deeper than you normally do i mm-hmm. mean most blackmouth fishermen are are fishing water from 100 to 140 feet that bait has moved deeper and and uh, uh the guys that have been real successful in the last week or so I have been fishing the bottom from about 200 to 250 feet of water. So oh, wow. you got to have a lot, you got to have some cable, but, but that's where the bait is. And, mm. and, uh, that's where they're getting them. Now I know Tom, I know you're used to fishing, you know, deep water. I mean, you and I have fished side by side many, many times. Um, talk a little bit about your downrigger setup. So in order to hit that, you know, that deep spot, um, you know, 200 plus 300 plus, um, are you running two riggers, three riggers, and what's your approach in terms of like the weight of that downrigger ball? Like, what's what's your presentation look like? If if I get much deeper than a hundred and fifty feet, Tommy, I, I have to take a downrigger out of the, the out of the presentation because I can't keep them apart. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, my, and, I, and I've got a wide boat, right? My, I got an old Uniflight that's almost eleven feet wide. Mm-hmm. And, and and if I'm fishing hundred feet, I can I can slip three in there and do just fine. But when you get that deep, even with twenty pound balls, it's just hard to keep you're better off just fishing the two two riggers uh and, and keeping the gear apart. You fish a lot more efficiently and uh spend a lot less time on tangling. Yep. Yeah, and that's, uh, that oftentimes is the key to finding success is not spending so much time out of the water and just keep fighting those currents. And uh, I'm with you. You start going deeper, man, it just becomes a zoo. So uh, yeah. one thing before we get off of hardware, Tom, you a scent guy? You put anything on flasher spoons or anything? You just run everything naked and just let the fish find it? I, I, I'm, I'm pretty basic. I, I, but blackmouth fishing is the is the one thing that I use scent on. Okay. I, most of my ocean fishing, when I'm pulling spoons out there, if I'm out at Swiftsure sure in the summer, I, I'm not using much scent. But black, for some reason, blackmouth fishing, I, I, I am a scent guy. It goes back to the days when when we used to have that Berkeley gulp in the material and tipping our uh, hoochies with it in Puget Sound, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like the bite was so much better. So I'm still using scent, and I'm not real picky on which scent I use, but I, I still do do like a little scent when I'm fishing blackmouth. Nice. Yeah, and so you talked about the water depth, Tom, you know, and the bait kind of moving out into the deeper water. Um, you know, I, I'm curious. So if you're finding that bait, you know, are you still fishing on the deck, you know, on the bottom? Are you fishing suspended? Like, where are you seeing these fish in the water column? Most of the catching is going uh, on in the bottom 10 feet. Uh, so you, you want to be on the deck. I, I believe for the for the blackmouth, uh, that's that's where most of the catching is going on. You'll you'll get an occasional fish up up in the water column, but if you've only got two lines down there and you're running that deep water, have them as close to the bottom as you can. Well, uh, at the break, as we pulled you on here, Tom, you were talking about today actually went out, turned the corner, and we're uh, out after bottom fish. So let's talk a little bit about that bottom fish opportunity. You know, some rockfish, some link cod. What's uh, how's the season started off for you? It, it started really well. Uh, we haven't spent a lot of time in the ocean just because the weather the last week has been really crummy on the ocean. Mm-hmm. And and but the great thing about uh, CQ and Nia Bay is that you can fish the strait, especially this time of year. There's plenty of link cod to be caught. Uh, it's been pretty easy limits. Uh, all week for us, uh, we haven't we haven't had a day where we've missed a fish, and uh, 
it seems to me that the link hot are a little easier to get than the, the black rockfish, mm. but, but, but they're there too. You can catch them. Isn't that, that's a good problem to have, you know, <laughs> it is, but, but there, you know, I tell you, it's funny, Tom, you mentioned that there's no fish that can test my patience like a black rockfish. Because you write them off, you're right. It's like, oh, yeah. it's, it's a rockfish, oh, right? I should be able to go out and get them. Mm-hmm. And then when those are the fish that are hardest to catch, and uh-huh. then, you know, you're releasing ling after ling after to ling. To get your rockfish You're limit. just yeah. kicking yourself. Yeah. You feel like a failure. Yeah. <laughs> and then other days you go out there, it's like, I only need my two ling cod. Can right. we just get these and get done? Right. Stupid rockfish, get off of here, right? right. So right. What, yeah. what's, what's, what's really aggravating is, and, and I'm sure you've done it, both of you, is, is you're you catch those lingcod quick, like like the fishing has been the last week, and you need three more rockfish or five more rockfish. And of course, you know what you catch when you're fishing for that last <laughs> yeah, rockfish. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest lingcod of the day. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's right. Oh well, it was fun. Uh, yeah. Hey, for folks maybe venturing out there for a first time, Tom, you know, and they're looking on their uh, electronics, or maybe they're trying to use landmarks or something. Give a little insight as to where you can definitely. You know, figure out if you're between uh, areas four and five as you turn that corner. So, so the the line is at the CQ River, but but in reality, uh, I mean, there's a few spots between the CQ River and Sail and Seal Rock, uh, just just east of Nia Bay. There, Sail and Seal Rock, they're real obvious to fish. But if I were the if I were going the first first time and I was uh, running out of CQ, I would I would definitely run clear to sail and seal before I even started looking. That's a good call. Um, yep. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of water in between the CQ river and sail and seal rock. And there's very little of it. That's real productive for especially the black rock fish. Mm. And so, so, uh, so, so run clear up there and, and start there and, and you nailed it. Uh, fish and bottom fish. You want to use your electronics. They, they are so, so important. Those rockfish can't hide when you're you're fishing the rockfish. You'll see a pinnacle, and you'll see you'll see the arcs right over the top of the pinnacle. They just can't hide, and yeah. and you don't want to spend a lot of time fishing where you're not seeing fish on your your electronics. That's a good and, point. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. one of the things that I've learned over the years. Is mm-hmm. you just it's not a um, it's not a, a go to a waypoint fishery and you just start fishing, right? Right. That's that's not how it works. You have to. I don't. I don't drop unless I'm seeing them on the sonar. Yep. Sounds like Tom, yep. you you take the same approach. I was curious, you know, in terms of depth of water, you know, as the season progresses and ebbs and flows, are you ever kind of changing up? the lines that you're running, maybe going to some deeper areas or some shallower areas, like trying to well, find them back in Macaw Bay or maybe going to a deeper water spot? Well, this time of year, you know, with the 20 fathom line not being in effect in the ocean, it still isn't mm-hmm. in effect in the strait. So if you do come out and you and the ocean's rough and you fish uh, between Tatouche and Sail and Seal Rock there, uh, you want to stay in shallower water than 120 because that that line never changes; it is always mm-hmm. in, in effect. But in the ocean, you have uh, some other. You know, you can go deeper, and 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 you know, there's some spots out uh, out beyond uh, Tatusha or the Bass Hole, and a few spots like that 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 are are deeper. But for for if I were if if I were at it first time, I would I would stick around Macaw Bay and in, in a little shallower. It's it's a, it's a little easier to fish. You don't have to back into it, you know. Usually, the drift isn't that bad, and and you can make uh, four four ounces work just fine. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, hey, uh, what do you got for com- coming up for openings and opportunities? And then you know, looking down the road, you're going to have halibut opportunity and whatnot. So, you got room for folks to book trips with you? We have a few few dates available with uh, with room for two or a single person, and I think I got one day with the whole season with an open boat up very fortunate yeah no um, kidding good for so, you but if yeah but if you you know we do have a few days days available so uh i would encourage somebody to call perfect best way to awesome. get a hold of you the best way to uh, get a hold of me is just to, to uh either email me at our website which is excelfishingcharters.com mm-hmm. and there's a e- email icon there a contact us icon that you can hit and send me a message or just give us a call at 360-374-2225 fantastic always a pleasure tom you always come with great solid information and stuff that folks can rely on 
So, yeah, look forward to seeing you up there. Absolutely. So, uh, All right. Fantastic. Well, uh, enjoy the water, and uh, hopefully the wind dies down for you a little bit, and you can get back out there and uh, get it done. Good talking to you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks you for having me. Have a great Tom. night. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Yeah, let me get this here. There we go, Tom Burleygame. Uh, XL Fishing Charters. Look him up, www.xlfishingcharters.com. Tom is just a gem of a man, and just you would. Yeah, one of the nicest guys you'll ever oh meet my gosh. on the water. Just yeah. absolutely going to enjoy the day out there with him, and he's been doing it for so long, Tommy. Yes, as you know, um, you're, oh, yeah. you're going to get a you're going to get a treat of a day with a guy like him. He's just fantastic. So and a great salmon fisherman too. And a great you know, salmon fisherman as well. Yes, as well. he he definitely knows how to get it done. Okay, uh, as we move through here, we are going to jump out for a break. But before we do, we got another giveaway. Before the break, we got a camo hat or a beanie. Uh, we got a couple mm. variations of camo hats, right? The the new uh, the new lids that uh, Shing got put together there. A couple variations in camel. Those were blown off the shelf there at the Sportsman Show, Tommy. Yeah, they were. And the beanie that's is. Uh, we still got time to wear that beanie. The mornings are still a little oh, chilly. That's right. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, I'll be wearing one of those tomorrow when I'm springer fishing. Actually, just sitting waiting for a springer. I don't know yeah. if it's really fish. <laughs> so <laughs> that's too early for that. Uh, anyway, number between one and one. 100, 1 in 100. We're going to see the number here, and we'll say it. We'll go to break. We'll confirm we got the right person between the different platforms that we have. We'll come back and announce the winner after the break. Keep it going, guys. We'll jump out to a quick break. We'll be back right here at Fish and Northwest. Sportco, an outdoor emporium, is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you. It's easier than ever to browse homes and connect with an agent on the go with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate's mobile app. With the app, your home search is synced across all of your devices, so you can pick up your home search anytime, anywhere. Take full advantage of an enriched, mobile-optimized map search experience. Use location services to quickly find homes near you that match your search criteria. Draw your own map boundaries to find homes in a specific area, and apply layers to view school districts, neighborhoods, zip codes, and more. The app's user-friendly design makes it easier than ever to find a home you'll love. Narrow down your search results, save your search criteria, and save your favorite homes. You can browse your saved homes in a list view that puts photos and key details, like price and square footage, right at your fingertips. Or check out your saved homes displayed on the map. All righty, welcome back in studio here. Fish on Northwest, waiting on Tommy O'Donnellan here on St. Paddy's Night. We're giving stuff away, and we had a winner. Who, Jordan? Uh, Tara. 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 And we're not sure how to say the last name. Is it Melanie Maloney? Melanie, probably. So, yeah. Tara, uh, go ahead and message us up on Facebook or YouTube. We will get your information. Phone number is important, so Shane can give you a call, and we'll get that item in the mail to you. Thanks for playing, everybody. we got a couple more commercial breaks that we'll get to later in the show. We are still giving stuff away. Appreciate everybody <laughs> participating. So, with that, our next guest on the phone, In Our Backyard, presented by Phoenix Protective Corp., Check out everything they have going on at www.phoenixprotectivecorp.com. Uh, the first time to the show, Tommy. First time to How the show. about that? Yeah, Morgan Stinson, actually WDFW CFO. Huh? Yeah. CFO. Morgan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Well, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. A lot of folks are probably going, for crying out loud, it's a fishing hunting talk show. Why are you guys talking to a CFO of WDFW? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we want to learn about inflation <laughs> yes. and the value of the dollar. We're actually going to drill down with, on this with Morgan tonight and uh, uh, get, the, get the long-term uh, schedule built for fuel consumption and cost. There we go. Uh, towards the end of tuna season, Tommy. So uh, actually, we're going we're gonna, to gonna break it down uh, with you tonight, Morgan. So six keys... Uh, for WDFW budget that came out of our recent legislative session here, supplemented se- supplemental session. And uh, there's some pretty interesting things in there I think our, our viewers are going to be pretty happy to hear about. So one of the things looking back year in and year out, we've talked budget here on this show a number of times over the last few years, and it always seems like WDFW never has enough money to get a lot of these programs off the shelf and implemented, boots on the ground and make stuff happen. This now, going into 2022, 
and into 23, it seems like there may be some great opportunity to introduce some of these programs they've been trying to get off the shelf and, and implemented. Let's first of all talk about this 14.4 million for the Columbia River commercial permit buyback. Now, this was listed in Governor Inslee's $187 million ask going into this legislative session several months ago. It was one of the line items in there. Uh, didn't know if it would if it would happen, but uh, it's one that he seems to want to see in there. Where'd we land on that Columbia River commercial uh, volunteer buyback program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think as you know, you know, we've been working on you know allocation and gear issues in the Columbia for years. Uh, you know, the governor sent us a letter last year in June saying, "Hey, you know, I want to see a bunch of different options for what are we going to do to probably solve this." We sent, you know, the WFW sent over a, a menu of options in September, along with our kind of budget request. <clears throat> and the governor instead went with that, you know, $16.7 million number out of that 187, right? So really kind of a turbocharged buyback in there. And, and what we got out of that uh, after we got through legislature, let it, uh, the legislative session is that the legislature kind of lowers that down to about $14.4 million for that kind of Columbia River commercial permit buybacks. Mm. Uh, is it one do you think he so one thing that he has in his hand is that ability to uh, strike things from the budget now I mean I look at some of this stuff Tommy and I were talking before the show it's like if he had put it in there in his 187 million dollar ask going in I don't see him striking some of this stuff out of there after the legislators have passed and given it an ample amount of money do you you know I I, 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 I hesitate to guess. Sure. You know, we, we saw him veto a $2 million uh, line item um, out of last year's budget. But with him, um, you know, asking for it uh, coming up and, and then picking an option that looks pretty similar to what the legislature has, you know, I, I, I got to assume that it's less likely. Interesting. All right. Hey, Morgan, you know, one of the things I was curious about, there's, there's money that's um, being allocated to the Washington State Academy of Sciences. And this is in particular to study the mortality rate um, of commercial fishing gear and some of the alternative methods that we've uh, heard of in the past, like you know fish traps, pound nets, that kind of things. Um, yeah, I'm curious, does this include gill nets and is this line item being approved? Um, yeah, this line item is, is likely to be approved. It's in the conference budget. Uh, uh, you know, Washington State Academy of Sciences um, 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 has got this funding, and it's exactly for you know what you're talking about. Um, hey, you know, what do we see conservation conservation benefits or total kind of mortality rates uh, uh, for you know all of that kind of commercial fishing gear? And um, you know, I think you know if you talk to some of our scientists about it, we're like, well, hey, there's a lot of other things you know potential for mortality you know beyond just you know what gets caught in the the net right at that point. Um, but I think this is this is good. It, you know, it's going to further the science on some of the stuff and some of these questions we have. Well, and I, I, Tommy and I look at this and go, this is important stuff because a lot of these fisheries have been monitored and managed on numbers Impacts, from yeah. years ago, <clears throat> impact um, models that they run based on year old, you know, data from years ago. They haven't done any updated updates on this data. They haven't had the ability to put the money forward, put the persons in the positions, boots on the ground, so to speak, and go out there and actually acquire you know, updated data to restructure their models and, and run the impacts on these fisheries. So if people don't understand how important this is that we're getting, you know, in the millions of dollars allocated to some of these particular programs, uh, they just need to sit back and wait and see what the results are after they actually get this updated data, because I think it's going to it's going to change the way we manage some of our fisheries. Well, yeah, and like you said, I mean, there's a lot of data on the sport fishing side of the house. Right. That we live and die by in terms of our fisheries, Absolutely. Right? The mortality rate of 11%, mm -hmm. right? And then we all sit there and wonder, you know, when we talk about, you know, the broodstock program for mm -hmm. steelhead in mm -hmm. Oregon, and that mortality rate is 2%, yeah. we, we go like, well, wait a second here. Where is it? Yeah. And then you look at the commercial side of the house, and there's really, you know, especially when it comes to the Columbia River, you really don't have any valid and vetted data, right? right. And so I think I, I'm excited to see what that what that data, you know, uh, produces. Brain, produces yeah, absolutely. Brains, right? Yeah. And I think it's going to do nothing but um, help the discussion about, you know, boosting hatcheries and improving hatchery production. So I agree. I'm 100%. excited about it. Uh, it also sounds like, uh, Morgan, that there's some money allocated for enforcement compliance. Uh, uh, looks like the numbers would be in around six or six or so officers added at various levels. And 
you know, what does this program look like um, as far as really moving forward with enforcement? And you again, you think this is one the, the governor will uh, favor? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we only have about 150 uh, enforcement officers total across the yeah. entire state. And so, um, you know, maybe six doesn't sound like a lot to you, but it's, it's a pretty big lift uh, uh, for us. And, you know, hunters and anglers really work hard to follow the rules. And so in addition to kind of the uh, enforcement officers, we're also getting a little additional funding um, to kind of prosecute the more egregious crimes that we have against, you know, natural resources and some of that stuff, too. Fantastic. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the line items in there is uh, money for hatcheries. We've got $2.2 million going to the um, Deschutes Center Watershed Hatchery in Olympia. And so you think about that number, you know, $2.2 million. And from, you know, the layperson or the bystander, you go, well, that's a lot of money. But is it a lot of money? I mean, what can they do with $2.2 million? And then, you know, having a hatchery in the South Sound can have a huge impact on not just the South Sound, but the entire Puget Sound because of the mm-hmm. amount of fish traveling, you know, back and forth. Sure. Um, and so can you tell us a little bit about that number and what can they do with that number? How many hatchery fish can be produced? Yeah, you know, um, they've moved around the site a little bit and they're fooling around with water, but you know, I've been hearing as many as like 3 million Chinook or something like that. You, wow. know, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. the, I'm not the, the hatchery guy, but yeah, uh, you're don't, not. don't yeah. quote me on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, um, and you know, I bet, I bet he's listening right now and just like, oh, Morgan, don't even <laughs> anyway. But, um, well, he can get on here and message just like yeah. everybody else. So exactly. not a problem, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I mean, that's a that's a big benefit for, for anglers and for, you know, southern resident orca whales. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's kind of one of the drivers behind that. And as Tommy had said, you know, any, any additional fish we can uh, get out of South Puget Sound and get returned to South Puget Sound just – builds the fishery all the way through Puget Sound, Northern Sound fish as well, Central Sound, and all the way down here at the bottom end. So that's all, nothing, no downside to any of this. Hopefully that goes through and uh, we see uh, we see an influx and uh, uptick on, uh, on our ability to plant fish. So let's talk a little bit about um, a couple, uh, looks like a couple million dollars enhanced for uh, freshwater monitoring. Now, Tommy had mentioned this a little bit ago in our discussion here. He was kind of referring to some of the some of the stumbling blocks we have in our freshwater fisheries just as of late out there on the coast we had a we had a steelhead season once again closed early when all the guides and a lot of folks were advocating that it stay open because they they were you know stating and showing pictures and video all over social media haven't seen this many reds in these rivers we had extreme low clear water so they could definitely see a lot of red counts out there uh, on the coastal streams in uh, you know mid February towards late February and ultimately they close the river. So one of the issues for WDFW is truly having persons in the field, uh, counting uh, accurately the, the red counts, really taking in uh, the scientific data that they need to, to manage these fisheries properly, and also creel sampling, freshwater creel sampling, Puget Sound waters at the marinas creel sampling. Let's talk a little bit about the monies going into that and what, that, what that's gonna look like in the future. Yeah, there's there's a lot on on monitoring, and you know, I don't I don't know if I love the word monitoring. It doesn't. I don't think it sounds as as cool as it is. To me, it's got a couple of benefits, right? Yeah. Because you know, when we're getting all that data, what we're able to do is we're able to minimize you know sort of our take on all these listed species, right? Which is going to help us out, and then all of that you know helps protect and optimize the days that we get on the water, just like you're pointing out, right? Mm-hmm. So this is all those this is the boots on the ground piece. You know, it's um. Um, dozens of, of, of additional FTEs, you know, for spawner surveys and creel surveys. We've got uh, uh, stuff in the Puget Sound, out on the coast, on the peninsula. You know, there's, a, there's, there's millions of dollars um, in the, the governor's kind of salmon bundle around this, this monitoring piece. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a big lift as well. I like it. Yeah, pretty phenomenal. Um, so one of the things that's being tossed around in here is the implementation of electronic licensing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I fish in Florida as well. I absolutely love my Florida electronic license. It's so simple. It's yeah. so easy. Um, you know, I can also find the regulations there electronically. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And it's just a phenomenal tool. Um, you know, tell us about that implementation. How's that going to work? And then do you know anything about you have an emergency rule change? Is, is, is this going to be a tool that provides that? Or is this just the license and the catch card? So this is a couple of pieces. So this is the, 
the license and catch record card and, you know, sort of the, you know, we, I think we, we technically might have had the opportunity to to go electronic on a couple of these, but this really kind of clarifies that authority for the commission, especially around inspection authority, right, for like display and presentation for enforcement officers. We're really looking for that. On top of that, um, there's a few hundred thousand bucks in here for um, you know actually the actual implementation, right? We want to buy that software and 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 you know kind of bring that around and. And, you know, we'll finally be able to kind of move into the 21st century. You'll see stuff like you might see if you were in Oregon, right, where they've already got some of their mobile stuff set up. Beautiful. Yeah, I so like I, it. You know, I got, I got one more question. You know, so they, um, you're the money guy. You're the CFO. He is a CFO. He's the CFO. Yep. And it's, it, by the, the way, it's I'm the chief, the, chief yeah. financial officer, not certified. But I, I'll oh, did I, did I say certified? I'll let, oh. you, I'll let you slide on <laughs> well, that. He's probably been twister. certified too. So. I was reading so many different pages um, here. Yeah, chief. Yeah, so, sorry to, yeah, chief, sorry chief to demote you. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll, answer, I'll answer to both. No <laughs> yeah, worries. Okay. So, Perfect. You know, people, people. there's there's often a lot, especially when it comes to money, there's there's a lot of, um, you know, contention, right? And there's always rumors about, you know, when we pay our license fee, where does this money go? Does it go to a general fund? Does it go to a, you know, a politician rainy day slush fund? Like, where does it actually get used? We know it doesn't get used to, you know, fill any of the potholes in the state, but that's okay. (laughs) Can you kind of help dispel that that rumor? Um, And where did the funds go from our licenses? How are they used? Good question. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the funds from our licenses, go uh, to, you know, our fishing uh, licenses mostly go to fishing and our hunting licenses mostly go towards hunting. And, you know, what we actually see in this budget, right, is that all of this funding, that $187 million, you know, that the governor had for salmon, that was actually all what we call general fund state, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's revenue from sales tax mostly. You know, we haven't had a, a license increase in, in over a decade, but we're at seeing all of these new investments in the agency and in our work. And I think that's really exciting because, you know, like you, it's kind of showing that the governor and the legislature, you know, really value what we do. And and one of the things that they're seeing is that they're seeing kind of a return on that investment, right? You know, the agency right. mm-hmm. has an opportunity to, to generate revenue, you know, in the state as well. And, um, you know, we like to think that we do an ROI of about 250 to 300% uh, on every dollar that, you know, get sent towards the agency. So, so this is not, you know, all of these increases that we're talking about, you know, you're hearing me get excited about some of these dollar amounts and some of this new work that we're going to take on. Um, but that is all coming out of that, that state general fund piece. No, that that's phenomenal. And if I heard you correctly, Morgan, I think what you said is that your team, um, actually does an evaluation of the economic impact, um, of our fisheries and our hunting within the state of Washington. Did I get that correct? That's right. And, you know, my, my team does a, my team takes an attempt at it, but we've actually got kind of a, a, an older study from the Department of Revenue that backs that up as well. Oh. Um, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty clever over there. That's yeah. awesome. Good, good stuff. Uh, hey, we're getting a handful of questions in here um, that uh, persons are very interested in some things going on. I read through a lot of the line items in that budget. I may not have got uh, to all of them, but uh, is there any monies being allocated for culling of sea lions or anything getting moved towards continuing the efforts on uh, control of this, this, uh, this saltwater predation issue, both avian and uh, pinnipeds. Anything in there about that? You know, there was uh, a proviso that popped up for avian predation, but that did not make it through the conference budget. Okay. So, um, you know, we will maybe see uh, some more work on, on, you know, doing some study and trying to figure out, you know, what the options are for avian predation. Um, and we received, you know, last session, uh, some funding for pinniped predation where we're studying that we about half of what we asked for. And, uh, it's time to go back and, and, um, you know, see if we can figure out, Hey, can we, can we, you know, continue this study can keep that work moving, um, or not. And we'll, we'll, you know, look for that next session. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's not, uh, complicated math, uh, by any means, which is good because <laughs> I'm a simple man, but if we're going to spend all this money and continue to, you know, ask for yeah. and at times receive the ability to plant more hatchery fish, if the Orca Task Force is going to lend its hand on our ability to plant more hatchery fish, especially Chinook, and we just keep feeding the uh, the eating machine out there that is the pinniped population of all different sizes and shapes, mm-hmm. uh, and do nothing to mitigate their interception of both outmigrant smold and returning adults, you know, what are, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean. You know, habitat's important issue. It's receiving tons of funding and a lot of uh, a lot of eyes on that. 
I just think this state needs to get much more aggressive uh, on our pinniped, um, you know, control problem that we have. And I mean, I, we know you're not the guy to make that decision. Well, no, wait a second, wait a second, uh-huh, wait a second. Uh-huh. Morgan's the money guy. He is the money okay. guy. Now, I have a, I have a, I have a business proposal. Oh, here you go. That would come in the way of tags, right? Yeah. You, you know, you want to go hunt, you know, a trophy elk in, in eastern Washington. You know, you want to you want to hunt a branch antler bull, you know. Sure. It may take you 20 years to draw the tag. Mm-hmm. So you put in every year for a tag. Mm-hmm. And finally, you draw this tag. You know, there could be a tag system allotted for uh, California sea lions, right? And point a point system, mm. and people can draw. It could be. I mean, it could be a. It could be a really good money generator. And really, I bet you could make these tags. I bet you could make them upwards of ten grand. You really trust the guy a hundred yards away from you with a rifle and a boat that's pitching I've, and rolling? You could see this is this <laughs> and is your where boat's out there on the, the water. Right? You could you could hire a controlled team of professionals, <laughs> right. To take an individual oh, houndsman. Let's you, hire houndsman. No, let's let's make it even better. You have to have a a qualified hunting guide. Sure. Okay. To go. Oh, how about that? There and you the go. State An can, outfitter. The state can hire a couple employees. They can Benefit say, outfitter. "Hey, here's mm-hmm. here's how this program I works." Like They're certified. We're going off the track. Go. Here. I love it. Morgan Stinson, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Uh, any final thoughts? Any final words you want to let our uh, viewers know? A lot of good content you covered here. It gives uh, guys like Tommy and I hope that we have some serious money coming to the uh, WDFW coffers, and we hope mm-hmm. that uh, these programs, you know, prove themselves. A uh, year or two down the road here. Yep, absolutely. You know, um, natural resources does not always get a ton of funding in uh, Washington State, um, so this was a pretty good year for the department, and uh, we're pretty excited. And you know, we're just gonna we're gonna put our gloves on and, and start doing all this new work. Yeah, fantastic. Beautiful. Well, appreciate you taking the time this evening. Uh, I know you're off the clock, so we uh, appreciate you jumping on the show here, uh, educating our folks as to what is going on with some of this money. It's important stuff. And uh, don't be a stranger. There's more money talk uh, with WDFW where that came from. So don't be surprised when I call you up again. Thank you much. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. Morgan Stinson, CFO. Stands for what, Tommy? Chief Financial Officer. Thank you. Yes. I demoted him right here on the show. You see that? (laughs) I I just took his chief badge (laughs) and threw it in the trash. All right. It's giveaway time. We have another giveaway. Numbers between 1 and 100. We'll watch it for about 30 seconds here. Then we'll go to break, much like last time. Alpine green hunting logo hoodie. Tommy, it's one of your favorites. Got our elk print on there. The scary. Yeah, we got that. That's in the bigger boy sizes. Large, extra large, 2XL if you're so inclined. But uh, numbers one, between one and 100. Looking for that uh, that number to get I you. I love that logo. Isn't that a great logo? Yeah. Especially if you're an elk hunter. How can you not like that one? And we're giving stuff away tonight, folks. So uh, yeah, get on here. Get your friends on here. Hopefully they can win for themselves or for you. Okay, looks like we got a winner, Jim. Uh, Jim who? What was the number, Jordan? Jim Hansen. 51. 51, 51. that's right, number 51. So, Jim Hansen. All right, with that, we are going to jump out for a quick break. Don't go anywhere, because when we come back, it's going to roll you right into our recent outing over Lake Roosevelt with our buddy Troy Black, Blackie's Guide Service. Um, it was, a, it was a pretty darn good day. We were, we were in pursuit of those trophy kokanee, Tommy, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're kind of the elusive unicorn right now. But nonetheless, with uh, Troy running his planer boards and his program, he spells it all out for you. If you have any desire to get over there and fish Lake Roosevelt, especially this time of year, and as we roll into spring, and the fishing is just going to keep getting better and better, if you want to start dialing in your planer board program, want to understand what that's all about and how you do that, this is a great video for you to watch. We walk you right on through the process. And Matt Messing... Got him on fresh water. Right on. Huh? Probably been a while since he's done that. Yeah, and he was actually enjoying himself because, one, he wasn't having to run the boat. Two, he's just either reeling in fish or running camera, and right. we're just switching back and forth. So it's a great little segment. Don't go anywhere. Jump out for a quick break. Jim, make sure you get your info to us here on Facebook or YouTube so we can send you uh, what it is you want, and uh, we'll take care of that as the week progresses. Don't go anywhere. Jumping out for a quick break. Coming back with the Lake Roosevelt Triple A Trout with uh, Troy Black right here at Fish and Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride right here in Bremerton, Washington. Arima Boats offers all of our boats with Honda outboard packages so that you can take full advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard.
With literally thousands of Arima boats on the water throughout the Pacific Northwest, Arima boats are a proven hull design that offers incredible fuel economy and all of the amenities that a serious angler is looking for. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why we back our boats with a lifetime warranty. All of our Arima boats are designed to maximize deck space while also providing ample seating. Contact us today at Arima Boats for all your boating needs and let us help you get out on the water. Today, the need for quality private security services is at an all-time high. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Phoenix client management models are built on understanding our clients' security needs and responding with a tailored program that is best fit for them. Phoenix provides excellent customer service through well-trained, highly motivated security professionals. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. Currently, we are comprised of 70% prior law enforcement and military veterans. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. Well, there you go, Thomas. While you were sun-basting yourself over there in the Hawaiian Islands, I was uh, working my working my tail off in the 29-degree temps. There you go. Those yeah. are some healthy trout. Very healthy trout. You know, yeah. they got high high fat quality to them, and just well, you saw them. They're right here in the back room, getting ready to go in the smoker on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I you know either smoked or on the on the pellet grill. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. good healthy fat uh, triploid like that are hard to beat. These aren't. So I'm getting asked here. Rufus or Roosevelt. Understand the difference. These fish are pen raised for a certain amount. They're released when they're about 10 inches, okay? Um, the, uh, the Rufus Woods, uh, completely different operation in that they're pellet fed uh, for their duration of their life. And then there's a percentage of those that are purchased by WDFW each year mm -hmm. from Pacific Seafoods. And then those are released into the reservoir for recreational opportunity. And that's why those trout look like they've like Powell drove into a wall at 90 miles an hour and, and it somehow ended up shorter and stouter, right? So yeah. um, these fish over there won't have the enormous engorged bellies and whatnot because they're truly foraging for their own protein sources. And as you saw when Troy cleaned those fish, they have clams. They eat a ton of the mysis shrimp in the water yeah. certain times of the year when... And, you know, the key here right now is they're drawing down the lake, as you heard him allude to m numerous times when we've had these discussions. A lot of the feed gets drawn down. Um, days where the wind's really blowing, you know, which side of the lake are you going to fish? Well, which direction is the wind blowing, right? Mm -hmm. The food is going to congregate over there in these, in these bays and these inlets. Mm -hmm. And then the trout uh, tend to show up as well. So it can be a little difficult for some. Troy's got it pretty dialed. I've had good success over there on days with trout and days with kokanee. And that day the kokanee pretty much eluded us. But... Um, the differences on these trout, I mean, Rufus, yeah. Uh, Roosevelt, it's more of a troll fishery. There's different techniques, as we have proven over there at Rufus. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we talked to Sam Baird, who has a totally different game over there with a few of the guys that are, you know, drifting floats. And it's mm -hmm. just a different animal. It's one of those ones, you go over there, you put time on the water, try different techniques, and see what works. Um, these fish this time of year, as pointed out in the video, very shallow in the, in the water column. Uh, planer boards and you know long setbacks one 150 feet behind the boat if you're if you're fishing directly out the back of the boat is going to be to your advantage and you know quality fish can only keep the hatchery ones easy to uh, uh, re recognize which ones are hatchery as they are clipped or they're missing a front uh, pectoral fin but mm -hmm. all in all just a great opportunity um, take a heater enjoy the day if it's not windy you're going to have dry conditions in a, in a really good opportunity um, yeah, and a number of guys getting on here saying, hey, it looked like a lot of fun and uh, a trip definitely to go do. Absolutely. It's one of those opportunities. If the pass is clear, you get a weather window, drag the boat over there. We launched at Spring Canyon, ran up the lake to that Swawilla area. It's no secret. And there's just, you know, there's maybe four other boats out there. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's really not that yeah. crowded. And the fishing is just going to keep getting better, right? Yeah. It really is just going to keep getting better. And, and right now, the big thing going on over there at Rufus, too, if you're so inclined, and at Roosevelt, in certain areas, you got to go up lake a little further. But Rufus is uh, really good right now for walleye. 
Walleye okay. fishery is really cranking over there for a handful of folks. And uh, that's one we're hoping to bring to you here shortly if we can get back over there. So just a lot of great opportunity, quality fish over on that east side. If you're uh, thinking about doing it, you know, and you've got questions, hit us up. Always messages up here, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. We try to answer as many questions as we can to help you guys out. That's why we provide this information week in and week out. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish Hunt Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and, of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. And finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.